Good morning, brothers and sisters. In our first reading today from the book of Exodus, we hear of this battle between the Israelites and the people of Amalek, the king. Amalek comes to destroy them, so Israel goes into battle, and as long as Moses has his hands raised, Israel is winning the battle. But his hands get tired, so he has to let them rest, and when that happens, Amalek's soldiers start winning. So this goes on for hours, so finally, Moses' attendants realize we have to do something about this, so they get a rock, sit Moses on it, and each of them holds up one of his arms. And then I love this line, I've always loved this line in the gospel, and it says, and Joseph mowed down Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. It's a very manly line, I like that a lot. Like grass, he just cut them down. So what was it about Moses' raised hands that enabled Israel to win? It wasn't magic. It's not like he was casting some spell or something like that. He was praying. As long as Moses was praying, the Israelites were winning. But he got tired. He couldn't keep his hands raised. Now, now you would naturally ask yourself the question, can't he pray without his hands in the air? No. No, he can't. It is the ancient practice, both of the Jews and in 2,000-year history of the Catholic Church, that when formal prayers are being offered to God, the hands must be raised. The hands must be raised. That's why at every mass you go to, the main celebrant, at certain points, especially when he's talking to God the Father, what does he do? He has his hands up. On some level, this symbolism is symbolism of surrender. Somebody puts a gun to you, up, oh, right? That's what you're doing to God. You're surrendering to God. Lord, I'm surrendering to you. I have nothing in my hands. And you're reaching up because God is in the heavens. He is above us. So we're reaching up to heaven like a child reaching up to their father. So this has always been since this time, since the Old Testament times, the prayer posture for the leader of prayer. For the leader of prayer. Obviously at Mass, you're not supposed to do that. The Israelites, while they were fighting the battle, did not raise their hands. They would have lost. They had to hold their weapons. They had jobs to do. But they needed somebody to pray on their behalf. Because they were busy. They were busy defending the people. That's why intercessory prayer is so essential. Moses, the leader of the people, was interceding for them to God in his prayer so that they could win the battle that they were fighting, and it worked. But notice that the prayer had to be continuous. Now that seems a little unfair of God, right? Because we get tired. Humans are finite creatures. We don't have infinite energy. But the beauty of this first reading shows us that just because you have to pray without ceasing doesn't mean you have to do it alone. Moses had his deacons, the two men who assisted him to continue in his prayer when he was not strong enough to do it by himself. Even Jesus Christ had Simon of Cyrene who helped him carry his cross when it got too heavy. By God's design, the command to pray without ceasing, to pray ceaselessly, which is necessary, 
can't be done by an individual. This is intentional by God. God created us this way on purpose. Both the need to pray ceaselessly to succeed spiritually and the fact that we're finite and we can't do it alone, which means we have to do it together as a community of people. We need each other to support one another in prayer. Now, the highest prayer is always the prayer of the leader. Our leader is Jesus Christ. And when the priest stands up here and prays the prayers of the Mass, he is praying in the person of Jesus Christ. Moses is a type of Jesus. He's a a foreshadowing of the coming of the Christ. And the beauty of the Mass and the raised hands of the priests is that with the Catholic Church spread throughout the world, in Catholic churches, in every town and village, in every country and nation, there is a Mass being celebrated and a priest's hands being raised at every moment of every day. That is the continuous prayer of the church. Literally, nonstop, the body of Christ has hands lifted up to God the Father in supplication. How can we lose? How can we lose the battle? Whatever the battle may be, ultimately we know the battle is for our souls. But hear the plea in Jesus' heart at the end of the gospel when he says, when the Son of Man comes, now he's speaking of himself, when I come back in glory, will I find faith on earth? You see, the Israelites knew that as long as Moses kept praying with hands raised, they could win. They knew it. They had faith in that, which is why it became so easy for them to mow down their enemies. But do you believe in the prayer of the church? Do you believe in the prayer of the mass? That this is the prayer of Jesus Christ himself. That's the faith that our Lord is asking of each one of us. You know, when you're going throughout your daily spiritual battles, whatever they may be, struggles against vice, struggles to grow in virtue, and all you have to do is close your eyes and think somewhere a priest has his hands raised and the Mass is being offered for me. Now, yes, the grace is being applied to you, but grace is not magic. Magic works just because of the spell that was cast. That's not how grace works. With grace, God gives it when it is requested, but then it must be received in faith. So I may be sent grace by God, but never receive it because I just don't believe. I'm just not open to it in that moment. My part is to keep my hands raised, to pray on your behalf. Your part is to believe, to trust, and to continue to fight the fights that the Lord asks of you in your own personal lives. And it's not easy. I can't do it without help, just like Moses, but you can't do it without hope. That's why you need me. Our Lord wants us to be interdependent, but we each have our roles to play. Now, even though that's the more important message of the homily today, it is important sometimes to point out particulars, 
little rules that sometimes we either forget or just end up not being practiced. So it has always been and will always be that only the leader of the community, when the community is gathered, raises their hands in prayer. In this case, that's me. I stand in the person of Christ. Moses shows us this, and this has always been done throughout the Old and New Testament, because the leader is praying on behalf of the body gathered, on behalf of everyone there. That's why at Catholic masses and liturgies, only the celebrant raises his hands. Even if there is a deacon serving at mass with a priest, he never raises his hands. He never even extends his hands. You know how the celebrant does when he says, the Lord be with you, and you say, with your spirit? The deacon doesn't do that even when he's proclaiming the gospel. He says, the Lord be with you. So does the priest. He keeps his hands folded. I don't know. Most people don't actually recognize this. The beginning and the end of mass, the priest says, the Lord be with you extending his hands, but at this part, when the gospel is proclaimed, he does not. Why? It's because this part is actually the deacon's role, and deacons aren't allowed to extend their hands at mass. It's against the rules. Sometimes you may see them do it, but they're breaking canon law, so it's against the rules. So since the gospel proclamation is the official role of the deacon, even when a priest proclaims the gospel, he proclaims it like a deacon, so he doesn't extend his hands at that moment. So whether it's the Oron's position, the raised hands, or the extension of hands, those are just two very simple hand motions that the church restricts at the liturgy because they have specific meaning. So no Catholic should ever raise their hands at Mass. No Catholic should ever extend their hands at Mass. If the deacon can't do it, do you think you can? No. Now, these things creep in sometimes to, to Catholic practice because of Protestant influences or, or other situation or just bad teachings. Priests and deacons who don't follow the rules the way they're supposed to. But there's a reason why the church maintains these rules. Not just because there's tradition behind it, meaning we've always done it this way from ancient times, I'm not just talking always 2,000 years, I'm talking 4,000, 5,000 years of Judeo-Christian tradition. Why change what God has established for so long? But also because the distinction between you and me in this moment helps you understand the relationship that God wants us to have. If you don't know who your leader is, then you may forget to follow them. What's that game we like to play as children? Follow the leader. So many people get led astray because they don't know who their leader is. Because the distinction between leader and follower is not clarified, becomes confused. That doesn't mean the leader is better than you. It doesn't even mean the leader is more important than you. Just different roles. So at Mass, the Catholic faithful do not extend their hands in that manner. They don't imitate the priest. The deacon even doesn't. They don't raise their hands in prayer. Now, you can do this outside of the liturgy. You can raise your hands in prayer, and it can be appropriate. When I was in college at Franciscan University, they used to have things called FOPs. 
It's short for festivals of praise. And all of the students would gather and there'd be music and we would sing praise and worship songs to God. We'd go on for hours sometimes. It was wonderful. Loved it. And, you know, I mean, everybody had their hands up, raised in prayer and in praise of God. It's not a liturgy. It's not mass. It's perfectly fine. You can do that. It's okay. The scriptures do talk about lifting hands in prayer to God. But in the formal acts of worship that Christ himself has given us, that would never be done. Now, let's say you're praying just as a family in your home. If the family is praying together, the one who can raise their hands is the father, since he's the high priest of his house. But all the others should do what you do at Mass. This is your prayer posture, hands folded. According to the church, it says when you pray, you pray with palms together. So you can have your fingers crossed, your fingers up, sideways, whatever you want, just palms together. And this is the posture we make in, again, supplication to God, at least when we're praying as a community. You don't need to have your hands raised because Christ is praying to the Father for you. And trust me, he can do a better job than you can. That's why our faith is in him and in his prayer. And that's what the Mass is. It is the prayer of Jesus Christ. It is the prayer of Jesus Christ. I thought it's an important moment to remind you this is also why it goes against Catholic tradition and teaching to have praise and worship music at Mass. I know you'll go to some Catholic Masses where they have praise and worship music. They call them youth Masses or whatever. No, that goes against both tradition and teaching. The reason is this. All you have to do is ask the question, what is the Mass? What is the Mass? Well, first and foremost, the Mass is the suffering, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is the high priestly prayer. The high priestly prayer. And so if you come to Mass and are wanting to participate in the prayer of Jesus Christ, I want you to imagine what you would have done if you were actually there at those mysteries. Because at every Mass you are mystically. So if you were at the Last Supper, would you have your hands raised singing praise and worship songs while Jesus is trying to talk? If you were at the foot of the cross with the Blessed Mother and John the Beloved and Mary Magdalene singing praise and worship songs jumping up and down, would that be appropriate? Or maybe the morning of the resurrection? Well, okay, maybe that. Okay, fine, fine. I'll give you that one. Morning of the resurrection, fine. But the rest of the Mass, no. So fine, in the final hymn, if you want to raise your hands, no, there's go. Technically, Mass is over. I've made the, blessed everyone with the sign of the cross, so you can do it at the final song at Mass. Fine. Okay. But ultimately, these mysteries of our Lord are so somber, so solemn, so great, that you need to act appropriately when you participate in them. It doesn't mean they're dire we have to come in with a frown on our face and the music has to be sad all the time. And that's just depressing. No, this is a happy mystery, but it's a serious one. And the rules that the church has given us that should govern its practice, its celebration, are for our good. So in all of these ways, the subtle and sometimes the not so subtle, it's important to remember that Jesus is teaching to pray without ceasing 
was never meant to burden us. We're supposed to be united as a body, as a church. And the prayer of the church is the prayer for all. And that prayer is ceaseless throughout the world, not just with the Mass, but with all of the sacraments, with all of the prayers of the religious nuns and religious brothers. These prayers offered continuously, second by second, means that the Catholic Church has prayed without ceasing for 2,000 years, 2,000 years. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.